Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. And we are broadcasting live from the Advanced Advertising Pavilion at the NAB Show 2017 and about to jump into a great panel, a deeper dive into Snapchat and brands. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce Mr. Redshirt himself, Kevin Winston, who every day is somewhere else talking strategy, digital, and the future of content. So let's have an Advanced Advertising applause for Kevin Winston, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Laurie, and thank you to you all for coming. Thank you to NAB and Storytech for having us. So I'm Kevin Winston. I'm founder of Digital LA. It's LA's largest tech networking group. We do panels like this all the time in Los Angeles and something called Silicon Beach Fest, which is a lot of fun. We are here today to talk about Snapchats, Snapchat brands and influencers. We have some top influencers, brands, and agencies here who basically help coordinate Snapchat influencers with cool products, and we're going to talk about how that happens today. So uh, we're going to basically give our, uh, uh, give our panelists a chance to introduce themselves. We have some awesome panelists that came from L.A., up and down the West Coast, Oregon, who will be here talking with us, which we're also live videoing as well, too. And this is also being broadcast to the, uh, to the TechCat uh, broadcast, too. So let's go ahead and have our panelists introduce themselves. Uh, go ahead and uh, start. Sean. Testing, testing. Cool. Hello, everyone. My name is Sean Ayala by day. I'm a marketing manager at Best Buy, so I lead a marketing strategy, creative team, blah, blah, blah. But at night, I'm an award-winning Snapchat storyteller. So I've worked with brands like Fox, um, Paramount Pictures, um, NFL, and so many others. Um, and that's me in a nutshell. And we also do something fun that's happened in the past week. My fun thing is I went to Coachella two weekends in a row, which is a little bit crazy. I ate a lot of dust, but I'm okay now. So. I mean, we don't live an exciting life like you. At least I don't. I'm speaking for myself. I'm just joking. Um, exciting thing, I went in my backyard and created a Walking Dead story. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> and you can check that now on my Snapchat account. And you survived, which and like. Shoot. <laughs> Get away with Andy. Oh, my goodness. Yes. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Liza Morales, or Liza Monet Morales, otherwise known as XOXO Liza with two Zs. Please. I'm an actor, a TV host, and a content creator in both English and Spanish, and the founder of XOXO Liza, Inc. Uh, I, too, am an award-winning content creator. I actually just won Best Live Video Creator for the second year in a row. At, yeah, the Tech Low Awards, which is super exciting. Uh, and I've worked with everyone from Fortune 500 uh, brands, uh, and brands like Nike, Red Bull, Ford to small brands that are getting a startup because I think it's equally important that if there's a brand that I love that I think will be a value to my consumer or I'm sorry to me as a consumer but more importantly to my community I want to be able to share that with my community and I'm not so concerned on their end how much money they're making I need there to be value which is kind of how I drive all the content that I create oh and something fun that happened actually Two quick things. One, in first time in nine years that I haven't gone to Coachella. I've been a Coachella influencer the last nine years, and I was supposed to be in London, so I had turned it down. So it's kind of nice to have Jomo, which I call the joy of missing out, uh, instead of FOMO, and be like, nice. yes. 
and then in that, I found out a cruise that I'm taking later on this year. I want a second cabin for anyone I want, an ocean view cruise. And I'm like, wait, is this real? They're like, no, 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 you actually want. So I'm able to bring my mom, which is super exciting, uh, to come. And she thinks I'm a good daughter, and I didn't have to spend a cent. So it was perfect. Nice. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Snapchat benefits already benefit your family. Very good. All right, next up, Nick. Uh, I'm Nick Scheingold, Director of Strategy at Laundry Service. Um, I th- feel like I should talk about what awards we've won since you guys started out there. Um, we were just on Ad Age's A-List. Uh, we're, I think, the so- only social agency that's mm-hmm. ever been on A-List, which is really exciting. Um, and as Director of Strategy, I just try to put together strategies that help our clients achieve business results on social, but now we're expanding beyond just social because the world of advertising is changing, and that's really exciting for us. Well, that's something fun. Oh, something fun. I, just general. Uh, uh, in the last week, there was something really fun. Uh, I went to a Travis Scott concert, and Drake happened to show up and surprise hey. and nice. surprise nice. the Portland fans and perform his song Portland in Portland with Travis Scott, and that was super awesome. And people went nuts for that. That was all over social media. You probably saw it on Complex. So it was really cool. Hey guys, I'm Celia, Celia Snap on Snapchat, all the socials. Um, I used to be an engineer, but very recently I've become full-time content creator. What I do on Snapchat is I do, you know Bill Nye? Well, I do that on Snapchat. I do science education. And um, some brands I've worked with have been Disney, 20th Century Fox, MGM. And currently I'm working with Red Bull. So uh, something, oh, also when I was, last year I was nominated for a Ghosty Award and a Snapchat Snapshot of the, of the Year Award for uh, the Shorty Awards, uh, losing to DJ Khaled, unfortunately. And uh, something fun that's happened to me this past week is uh, I actually got to meet Bill Nye uh, nice. at the Shorty Awards in New York. Uh, yeah, he, I asked him to take, yeah, <laughs> asked him to take a selfie, and he said, "Hurry up!" So it was awesome. <laughs> Have you watched his show yet? Not yet, <laughs> but awesome. I will. Very cool. Thank you, and Jason. Hello, I am Jason Ortel, and I am head of social strategy at Adobe for the digital video and audio products, as well as uh, students in education. So you may have heard of a few of our products, like Premiere Pro, After Effects, and one of our new ones that we really like, which is Adobe Audition. It's a sound uh, editing platform. So, yeah, so uh, prior to Adobe, I'm actually fairly new at Adobe. I've only been there about three weeks. But prior to Adobe, I worked in the movie industry, primarily on the marketing side, uh, working with 20th Century Fox and all the, pretty much all the major studios. Um, something that interesting that happened to me was Sunday night, our first night here at NAB. Um, I normally don't have an injury on my face. Uh, our taxi driver decided to... Let's say maybe not run a red. I don't want to blame him on it, but he uh, he was driving really fast, and we we ended up getting t-boned. And there was five of us from Adobe in the in the cab, and yeah, my face my face actually went into the computer in the back of the taxi. So yeah, we're okay though. Everyone seatbelts. We were all wearing our seatbelts. So uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, glad that you're able to join us here today. That's yeah, a crazy I mean, story. Uh, but we're here to hear some other stories about Snapchat and brands. How's that for a transition? So uh, we're going to actually now ask the audience what you guys want to get out of this panel today. Who here works for a brand right now? All right, cool. Who here uh, wants to work with brands and Snapchat influencers? Raise your hand. All right, who here is a Snapchat influencer or wants to get better at using Snapchat? Okay, so we're going to focus this more on folks who are trying to get into it, maybe not so much for uh, actual influencers 
uh, how they get into it because you, you guys can talk about the brand stuff. All right, cool. So again, folks, if you're in the audience, we're going to do Q&A kind of throughout and afterwards. Uh, also, this is being live streamed both on uh, live on video and we're doing live audio through Voice America. Uh, if you want to ask questions in the audience, you can do it by raising your hand or by asking your question with a hashtag NAB Snapchat. We just made that up. Uh, and then uh, folks who are watching or listening anywhere in the world can also participate as well. I'll be checking my phone in real time because that's how I like to run things. Uh, so I'll be checking things from the internets as well as doing in the audience. All right, let's get this off with a bunch of questions. Uh, I'll ask some questions and then we'll intersperse it with audience questions too. All right, the first question. You all are doing amazing work working with influencers uh, and brands. Uh, what is the first thing that you should ask when a brand is thinking about doing a campaign with an influencer? Who goes first? Yeah. Whoever wants to. I'll answer. Um, usually if I have a brand approaches me and they want to pick my brain about Snapchat, um, they say, oh, we want to get into Snapchat. My first question I ask them is, what's your vision? What do you want your Snapchat account to look like? What tar- what's your target, target audience? What kind of demographic are you trying to reach? Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, yeah, I would add to that too. Again, I so I do a lot of weekly giveaways, and I have Eliza Loves List, and so I'm constantly just trying to figure out how to give back to my community and really introduce them to the people, places, and resources that I think will bring most value. So when a company reaches out to me, I, in the same way, in terms of talking, what's their vision? I ask them, how is this going to be of service to my community? Once I know that, and then I can then say, okay, what is it that you're looking to do? Do you want more brand awareness? Do you want to, you know, have a particular product sell? Great. Let's start strategizing from there. So nowhere in there, in both her, uh, Celia's answer and mine, you'll see, which is what I sometimes think people think is that an influencer is like, what's in it for me? No. If you take care of your community, for me, it's taking care of my community first. And then the client, ultimately, you and everybody else will be taken care of. And just to add on to that, too, I think about three things when it comes to if a brand is trying to uh, get insight from an, in, from an influencer, right? Um, you can, there's three things to think about. You can actually use them as an influencer to influence their community. Um, two, you can use them as a consultant, right, to help build um, your brand or help build the content strategy um, for you. And uh, three, um, a content creator. So you don't even have to use the influence, right? Or you don't have to use the strategy. You can just have them create content for you. Okay, great. And, and then, okay, so those were our... Th- I'm going to keep on popping in here because the video is only right here. So, hey. <laughs> so right, that, those were our three Snapchat influencers talking about how they work with brands. Let's hear from the brand and agency side how they do it. All right, Jason. So from a brand standpoint, um, we really focus on authenticity. So the reason why we reach out to influencers is because they're, they have a community that they've built a relationship with. And you know, from a brand standpoint, we want to find the right influencer to work with. We're not just going to go and work with anyone. We want to make sure we're going to reach the right audience and make sure that it's an authentic message that's going to be carried across. I'm, and I'm going to echo what Jason said. That's that's always the first place we look. First, we're going to ask why Snapchat. You know, there's so many different ways you can bring your message to market, and obviously Snapchat is a particular demographic and a particular style. So that's the really the first thing we're going to try to get after is why Snapchat. But then the second part is who who's going to connect with your audience the most? Because there's nothing worse on Snapchat than an inauthentic connection between a brand and their audience. And sometimes if you have the wrong influencer that just doesn't connect with the brand, it's not going to succeed. So that. I t- 
totally agree on the authenticity piece, and that's the part that should be labored over and obsessed over is, is this person right? Because you want to make a long-term impact and build a long-term relationship. If I can add to that, too. I mean, a perfect example of that is I see sometimes brands going after an Instagrammer, and they're like, oh, because you could see numbers on there, and they're like, oh, that person has 2 million people. Let's get them. And they're trying to sell jam, let's say. And they're like, that person has 2 million. And I was like, right. But if you look at it, the woman is half naked. I don't know how your audience is going to buy jam. And they're like, okay, no, but we're going to get the numbers. I'm like, right. But you said the goal was to sell more product, right? So at that point, that's where sometimes you need to look at is working with a group of micro influencers better? Is it, you know, to work with two or three bigger influencers? But really analyze what it is your end goal is with what resources you're using in terms of both content and influencers themselves, as opposed to just defaulting to the numbers. Yes, because engagement is a lot more powerful on Snapchat versus yes. impressions. Exactly. And you mentioned micro-influencer, micro-influencers, which is something that's really important for us brands right now. It's We're seeing such lift and leverage when, when we use them. It's just the message is authentic. The audiences just seem to swarm against brand mentions and stuff. It's just, it has a lot of lift for us. Yeah, some of those larger influencers actually are working with so many brands. And I think that's one of the biggest things if you're a brand um, is looking for some exclusivity. You don't want an influencer working with you and then working with your direct competitor the next day. So always looking for opportunities where you're forging a long-term exclusive relationship with somebody who's going to connect with your audience. Okay, great example. So let's actually get into some... Uh, some actual favorite Snapchat influencer brand campaigns that you worked on that exemplifies some of what we've been talking about. So what is your favorite Snapchat influencer brand campaign that was authentic, that worked well, had good success metrics, what were they, uh, and why? Or you can talk about a campaign that didn't work out so well and why and how you would improve that in the future. So I'll go. One of my favorites is was working with the White House, the Obama years. Yes. Not Cheeto head ears, no. Uh, so what was really great is I ended up going to South by South Lawn. It was President Obama had the very first, inspired by South by Southwest, uh, music festival his own because he was just that cool. R.I.P. Uh, on the South Lawn. And I actually had an opportunity to take over the White House account. And that was really cool to not only take it over, but to be there for the whole day. So I kicked off the story that was in Discovery. And then they we had several of my snaps in there. And we you know curated just a bunch of different things. And that was really awesome. We had over 21 million opens and views and people interacting. And just really getting it from the on-the-ground perspective as opposed to the stuffy governmental perspective. And I think that that really brought... Uh, in that particular sense, the message, which was using technology to connect with our our country in a new way that leverages it in a positive manner. Uh, and then secondly, another really fun one here in Vegas that I did was with uh, the Latin Grammys. So I'm the backstage uh, correspondent for the Latin Grammys and the Grammys. And that was really cool because I was able to take my audience behind the scene. I think that that's one thing that we all do really well is give them access to events or give them access to products. Oh. To products even before they hit the market or give them access to information that they may not know, which Celia is really good, good at as well. So uh, my personal favorite uh, campaign I've done very recently actually was a Red Bull Doodle Art Contest. It's a global doodle art contest. I do a lot of drawing on Snapchat and a lot of my followers, people who follow me, also doodle on Snapchat. And 
they're dying. And the thing is, well, how can they get recognized for what they do? Because everyone just shares with me, but I can't share everyone else's uh, doodles, uh, doodle art. So when Red, Bull, when Red Bull approached me, I said, hey, that sounds like a really great idea. My following would go crazy over that. So, and not only that, I also have a very global, I have a very international audience as well. So this is a, it proved to be a really great opportunity for them. They responded very well to that. All right, that's awesome. Great example. Uh, one of my favorite campaigns uh, with influencers that we've worked on recently was for the Jordan brand. And we actually had uh, one of their talent, uh, their entertainment talents, A Boogie with the Hoodie, who's sort of an emerging rapper in New York. And uh, the perf- he, he did a performance in Harlem, which is his sort of local area. And it was amazing. We put a pair of spectacles, which you see they're, they're all wearing spectacles. Um, we put a pair of spectacles on his head, and we got a first-person view of the, of the performance and him backstage in and it really is about access and that's the coolest thing and we saw an uptick in retention rate things like that um, and it's amazing when you just give that little bit of access from a point of view that no one's ever seen before that's what makes Snapchat one of a kind so uh, one one that come to mind is what um, what I did with the Chargers right so the Chargers reached out and wanted a content creator not an influencer a creator and they gave me the ability to, to just get creative on their account. San Diego Chargers football team. Chargers football team. Sorry. Thank you for uh, ca- calling that out. Yep. Uh, Los Angeles. But yeah. It's a joke. Um, it's a joke. <laughs> a joke. Um, but the cool thing that I loved about, um, and uh, many brands do this really well, and this is one advice that I would definitely give, is let the content creator, let the influencer do what they do best. Right? Give them the ability to be who they are on your channel. Um, and they allowed me to do that. And I was able to create a game. And I was able to, just like Celia, I'm a digital artist on the platform. And um, I created this game. And we wanted to get their, their audience engaged. And what we did is uh, I created, or I asked the audience to doodle me their Charger thumbs. So I said, draw a Charger's helmet on their thumbs. Send it back to us. Um, we were amazed about uh, around just how many people started submitting their Charger thumbs. Um, the Chargers were really excited um, and uh, overwhelmed with that idea. And that was one of the metrics that we used. It was really around engagement, getting people to interact, uh, send snaps back to us. Um, they had to open up a page on their Chargers.com to feature everyone else who kind of oh, like... so nice. So it, that kind of stuff is organic and, and cool to do. Um, but it's all about the engagement that really sets it apart because it's, it's getting your audience to do something for you. From the Adobe standpoint, we actually had a really cool program. You may have heard of the uh, Adobe Creative Residency. So at Adobe, we're all about empowering creatives, and we like to help emerging creatives kind of become something. So one of the programs we have, uh, we allow people to apply to a creative residency where we go through a bunch of applications, and we choose a handful each year where we basically pay for a year, a year's salary, really, and help them achieve their goals through art and creation. So one of the... uh, influencers we worked with, his name is Craig Winslow, and he does something that he calls light capsules. And what it is, is it's really cool projection mapping where he blends that new technology with art. And the way that he does it is he finds these really old buildings in in cool parts you know, all over the United States that have what's called ghost signage of it. So it's uh, when they used to paint the signs of businesses on the side of brick buildings that you know back in the early 1900s and stuff. And over time, all these signs have faded. So what he does is he uses modern technology through projection mapping. He does a bunch of research and uh, 
you know, finds out what the original signs would be, uses Adobe products to recreate it, and then eventually doing uh, projection mapping and showing what that building now or, or what that building looked like back in the day. And so what we let him do was a bunch of Snapchat takeovers to where it showed his entire process going through it. So what was really interesting about it that we found was it wasn't just an audience watching the creation of start to finish of this project that he's working on, but it touches all kinds of different niche things that people are interested in through research and through, you know, digging through archives and how he found, you know, records of these old buildings and stuff. And then also how, you know, from a technical standpoint, how we use the products to do it and then the art. And then finally the payoff was the big art installation party that we ha- that he would have when people would show up and it was just really a, a magical thing. And then from a Snapchat perspective, it was pretty uh, successful and popular for us. Okay, awesome. Great examples. So uh, let's continue to the next question, which is let's kind of basically make a list of all the ways that Snapchat influencers and brands can work together. Uh, you've basically said, I think, two across the examples. One was having a Snapchat influencer take over uh, a brand or a channel like you did with the White House or like you had uh, with your influencer with your Adobe Creative Program. Uh, and the second is to ask users on Snapchat to generate uh, photos or images that their own creation, their own art. Uh, like you did uh, with your doodle uh, with Red Bull, uh, or you did it as well. So uh, what are some other ways that Snapchat influencers can work with brands on cool campaigns that are organic and authentic? Unboxing! They're my favorite! So I travel a lot. Uh, for those of you who aren't following me yet, what are you waiting for? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but it is. It's XOXOLiza with two Z's, please. Uh, on all things social. So one of the things is I travel a lot. Last year I traveled just a little under 300,000 miles and the year before I traveled just a little over 300,000 miles around the world. So my hashtag Liza on the go really is a thing because I'm always on the go. So sometimes when I get a lot of uh, gifts or people from my communities or I'll have brands reach out saying, hey, we have something new for you to try out. I'm like, great. Can you send it to this hotel? I'm going to need to unbox it there. And I don't necessarily have time to make a video, go put it on YouTube because I have a plane to catch. So what I've been able to do is bring that access to my community and unbox it on Snapchat. And then through that, also do a giveaway and then really create a fun campaign. And the big thing is, can I get it two or three weeks before it's going to hit the market? Or if you have the news, or can I get even some more information that people don't know about it? And can we do a giveaway? Because in doing that, that gets people excited. And it goes back to what Sean was saying in terms of engagement. People are sending me ideas or telling me like, oh my God, that's great. Uh, Another thing, and it could be something really big. I I do a lot of car uh, launches because I'm a huge uh, car fanatic. And so I've been an auto journalist now for eight years. So one fun one that we did was I went to uh, the Ice Academy with Mitsubishi and I shot content across all my platforms. And so including Snapchat, we did a big thing there and gave people like a walk around and unbox the car, if you will, for features that they have. And before the week was over, I had two people snap me, them at the dealership, buying the car. And so that's the ROI that you can really get when you can bring people to give them access and you work with the right content creator. And before we left, I was able to show my client and be like, hey, just so you can see, two people went and bought the car. And they're like, wait, what? And so car and driver and all these other people who are, you know, giving me kind of like a side eye, like, what's this little girl doing? Like popping around in a Mitsubishi (laughs) with no hood and like, you know, on the car with her little heart glasses. Okay, little girl, sit down. And then after I was like, oh, hi. So it's kind of funny. It goes back to what you were saying to trust the creator to do what we do best, to connect with our audience and to serve them in a way that's going to be a win for the brand and win for our community. 
Uh, one of my favorite things that we do with influencers is whenever we're doing a large media buy with Snapchat, and they tend to be pretty expensive when you do things like lenses and national and global geo filters, is actually work influencers into that media buy where you actually have them create stories centered around either your lens or your geo filter. And we had great success. We had so much creativity around some of them because we actually said, like, go crazy. Take this geo filter and do something awesome with it. And I think. I think when you talk about what we really want to do with those is give freedom. I, you know, that's the biggest thing. If you can give freedom to an influencer, obviously working within brand parameters, uh, you that's really cool. get the best results. So an influencer can design a geo filter. Well, essentially, it was they, the geo filter was there, and we were just we just told them, hey, this is what it's going to look like. Can you plan a story around the geo filter we're doing for a brand? And uh, we we did that with like six or seven influencers for one campaign. And we were able to generate a ton of reach. That's the biggest thing. You want your message to reach more people at the core of it, but you also want it delivered in a way that's really interesting and creative. Okay, great. Any other examples? Yeah, I was going to say, actually related to what you did, MGM did a similar called the Snap Crawl, where uh, they just brought in a bunch of influencers where they recently... MGM recently put down some geo filters and they wanted to test them out. So they invited some influencers to come over and test them out. And what was very unexpected was how some people use certain geo filters in very unexpected ways, which was fantastic. And um, that also helped MGM figure out, okay, which ones work, which ones don't work, which ones, uh, or what can we, what information can we take from this to better design geo filters in the future? Awesome. So, and then just one thing I want to add to if you're a business brand, um, you do not have to be on Snapchat to be on Snapchat, right? Geo filters is the way to be on Snapchat and reach an audience and, and, and have them see your brand, right? Brand awareness. You can do that through a geo filter without being on Snapchat. And one thing I just wanted to add, I wanted to echo, definitely trust your content creators. I, I come from the world of movie making where <laughs> everything was in such a controlled environment. It was almost impossible to get anything approved. And it's really nice to go to a brand now that we give a lot of creative freedom to our creators. And we just see the, the positive impact it has on, on any you know activation or promotion that we're doing. It's incredible. Okay, awesome. All right, so folks, that's five or six, I think, all together. Uh, great ways that you can work with. Uh, Snapchat influencers if you're a brand. Uh, so if someone's doing a blog post, someone should do a blog post. Uh, there you go. Five or six ways. There you go. You always got to start with a number. All right. So let's, uh, speaking of numbers, and some people have already hit on this, uh, brands like ROI. They like to see how it works. We're at the advertising, um, advanced advertising uh, sessions. Uh, advertisers like to see what the ROI is for you know how, how you measure this stuff and, and what the what the return value is. So you've already talked about that. Uh, certainly, ROI as far as sales is probably the number one metric. <laughs> so you definitely give an example of that. What are some other ways uh, that you can actually measure the effectiveness of a Snapchat influencer campaign? You also mentioned another one. It's basically number of uh, people snapping pictures that they that they created of their own doodle art and giving them back. That that's a number there. What are some other numbers? Because Snapchat doesn't have a great way to track performance. Um, what are some ways to track it then? Well, I will say they do they do brand lift studies for, for brands who buy um, at a certain scale. So they, that's one they, way. They be in who? Snapchat? Snapchat. And they work with third-party uh, vendors to do brand lift studies. And we've, we've seen really solid results for a number of our clients in that sense. So there is measurement and they are improving quite a bit. So I think to shift the perception a little bit, they know that they're competing with some, some big players in the game. And I'd expect they continue to add analytics that deliver uh, what brands expect when they're spending a lot of money, whether it's for an influencer. Influencer campaign or just for a media buy? What sort of brand spend do you need to get that analytic? 
uh, I, I, I wouldn't say a particular threshold. I just think it's particular products. But 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 think in in the hundreds of thousands. Okay. Yeah, and so I also think about retention rate. Retention rate on your story is one um, that you can definitely you know take the first nap and the last nap. The other division, you get your retention rate eighty percent, sixty percent. I know a lot of us see eighty and above, which is really good compared to other um, social channels. I mean, you can't really. It's so that's one. Um, the second one is screenshots. If you, I'm the type of person um, or creator that is always creating a call to action in every single one of my snaps. I do not create a story without a call to action, and I use that as another uh, measurement to see if um, what whatever I'm asking, I'm counting that. Um, and then if you're trying to scale it even bigger, our friends over at Del Mondo, who's down in another hall somewhere, um, does analytics on the back end for Snapchat. So that's another one. Sean, do you actually track your own metrics like on an ongoing basis in any way? And this might be a question for all you guys. Like, are you using spreadsheets? Is this something that yeah. you're... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Excel is my best mm-hmm. friend. Yes. <laughs> I have a love and hate relationship with Excel as a result, but luckily my assistant's on that now. Um, but job. yeah, that right. But that actually is a really big thing because it helps me also really track what is it that my uh, community enjoys and what changes can I make? And also what are the times when a brand is really insistent? Like, Hey, we want you to push this this way. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, and I'll try like one or two stories, not stories, snaps their way, and then I'll do the rest of the mine. It's a really good A and B metric to show. So then you can look at your benchmarks and say, this is actually performing worse than, yeah. than it normally does. Yeah. I was also going to say for timing too, because for some of us, we have international audiences, yeah. so we'll see peak hours. We'll yeah. see peak hours at very odd times. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great points. Uh, by the way, folks who are in the audience, I just tweeted a picture of you using the hashtag NAB Snapchat nice. uh, because we had some more questions from the so audience. Or, or at least notes. Audience. So you guys look really good. You're like, really check out this picture. All y'all. All right, cool. <laughs> so, uh, so next question is, all right, so we're talking a lot about Snapchat, but then since the IPO, there's been some things happening. And Instagram launched Instagram Stories. Love Facebook it. launched Facebook Messenger. Uh, what impact have you seen on your Snapchat uh, usage, open rates, etc. since we're talking about metrics uh, with that and has that resulted in brands asking for different things or uh, asking for hey, do you got Instagram? So I haven't personally seen a dip um, but that's just me um, but now, so I'm working with a brand deal um, with uh, DocuSign in a week or so and they've asked me to do both Snapchat and Instagram. So I don't know if that's what you guys are seeing, um, but uh, it seems like everyone is is <laughs> trying to do hit to hit, do both at the same time. Which I actually think is a really smart move because I too haven't really seen that big of a dip uh, in mine. But I think it's important to do both because you have a completely dem- uh, different demographic, and that's one thing that I've noticed in tracking. And I'll go through just to look at followers, the people watching my snap are very different Completely than the people different. that are watching How? my Break Instagram. Break it down for us. How? Just in terms of de- demographic, it's different. Younger, uh, older, uh, so younger on Instagram, mom. there's more boomer of a boomer generation and there's more of a Gen X generation that's already watching. I think, honestly, it has to do with uh, visibility and them not understanding how to use Snapchat. That's something that we've talked about with even people in the audience that have told me straight out. It's Snapchat is not intuitive for a lot of them. So um, you're seeing people go, oh, hey, you know what? On Instagram stories, I could just hit it or partake. So that's one thing. And I also think people that had been resisting even joining Snapchat altogether were like, well, it's in the story. It's in the, okay, I guess I'll hit this Instagram and let's see how that is. And they've become hooked. On Snapchat, you still have a very young uh, 
demo that's really excited. Teens, college age that are very involved, very active, that have been there since the beginning. So yeah, so I, I think you see a mixture of both. So I've had clients ask me for both. And those who have asked me to just now focus on Instagram, I've done a bonus where I've said, hey, I just want to show you just a small sample of what will happen if we also include Snapchat. And then when they've seen that, they're like, okay, yeah, let's raise the budget. We want to do both. Anybody else? Yeah. And also, the other thing is with Snapchat, those are the people who have been following you. It's a lot harder to add someone on Snapchat than it is on Instagram. And those people that follow you on Snapchat, those are your diehard fans. Those are the people that are going to really that get. I get the most response when I do a CTA or when I ask them, oh, screenshot this or, or like follow this person. Whereas with Instagram, with Instagram stories is a little bit... It's a lot. It's a lot less. It's a lot more disconnected. Also, with messaging, with Snapchat, you have this one-on-one platform. You can direct message that person. It's very authentic. Whereas Instagram, it's very, still very clunky and still very difficult to master that. The UI, yeah, isn't as mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. One, one of the big challenges with Snapchat um, for brands organically was scale because there's no, there was no easy way to add brands you cared about and that you liked. So when Instagram Stories emerged everybody already had this huge following so I think it was natural for brands to sort of gravitate in that direction it was the very reason we were working with influencers was because we couldn't get that scale ourselves on our own channels so when you, when you look at it that way I, I think both are still really important and I think brands are just going to have to look at it more as the way that Snapchat is which is Snapchat's a place for people yeah. and brands have a natural way to show up on Snapchat I think this just sort of hammered it home for a lot of brands that maybe Instagram should be their home there's a great place for stories but there are also great ways to show up on Snapchat that isn't just pushing out an organic story but going back to something someone mentioned earlier brands are still afraid of Snapchat it's intuitive they just don't understand it so you know, when you put a, a marketer in there that's, you know, Gen X or beyond, it's tough for them to really understand the power of Snapchat. So, and, so here's how I look at it, too, guys. Um, Snapchat, 150 million daily users. Um, and Instagram is around that same, same now. So now there's Facebook stories, right? Facebook has 9 billion people on that platform, and there are people that do not know what stories are. Yeah. Right. So brands, marketers, they're going to they're going to I believe this is my firm belief is that now we're able to focus on a platform that makes sense to our audience. So I know we're here talking about Snapchat and Snapchat is the um, the, the, the beautiful, I don't know, golden one at the moment. Um, but now you're able to, f- to really focus in on a platform that just makes sense for your brand and business. Well, that's a good point because uh, the feed didn't exist 15 years ago and Facebook invented that and now everyone's using a feed it's stories is just a format to deliver content to people alright so figure out where your audience is and go with the platform that fits the audience uh, knowing that Snapchat is skewed slightly younger and a little bit more uh, engaged because people have yes. been following for a while so alright cool let's go to the audience for questions speaking of engagement who has questions in the audience alright cool can you stand up to ask your question Okay, I'm a complete newbie to Snapchat. You can probably Welcome. see by my age here, you know. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not even exactly sure what a geofilter is. I'll, I'll figure it out really soon because I can research quickly. Um, <laughs> so we're mostly on Facebook. and we, uh, I'm with NTD Television. It's ntd.tv. As if, you, if you're on Facebook, you might have seen it. We did like 5 billion views in March of like, it's content that, 
it's the brand of sharing humanity, hope, and freedom. We're actually an NGO kind of around this. And so we're, we're seeing huge traction in the Facebook space. And, you know, we kind of understand how that works. And we know how to reach a very large audience and so forth. We know nothing about Snapchat. Is there, is there a place for this sort of thing? We basically create content and we curate US, um, UGC around around this brand. Yeah. If, if you have talent that's comfortable on screen, I would say that Snapchat should be a natural extension of what you do. Um, but obviously it has to be somebody who has the time. I think that's the hardest thing with Snapchat is it Resources. requires a resource. Yeah. And, and it's, it's in real time. You know, I mean, yeah, you can upload stuff obviously from your spectacles or you can upload stuff from your camera roll, but you're really going to see this bigger engagement of people feeling like they're, they're part of something in real time. So if they could become a part of the story, delivering the story in real time before the whole packaged piece comes out, then you might be able to give an angle that maybe in the produced piece they wouldn't have gotten. So I'd say as a publisher, that might be a way to think about it. And I would also test, like, leverage your existing social communities and place that snap code up there. See if And, and give them a compelling reason why they should go to your Snapchat account and, and see if your audience is there. Well, that, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know if there is a compelling reason. Like, I don't know how to sort of, you know, transition what that story chat. is, right? right yeah. Maybe you should chat afterwards. Yeah, we they could, could definitely, they could definitely like, It sounds like if you're, yeah. So basically, again, like we're talking about, Snapchat lets you do more like rough cut, behind the scenes kind of stuff before your finished product goes out. All right, other questions. Can you stand up? Uh, so I work in a digital advertising and marketing agency, so we manage social media accounts for various brands. And more and more brands are asking us, um, so should we be on Snapchat? They're already on Instagram. They're already on Twitter. We're managing all of that for them. I'm on the creative site, so I understand. I don't understand Snapchat that much, right? Um, I tried it a long time ago before stories came out. No one I knew was trying it, so I gave up. And now it's been. Um, so anyways, um, so I understand the importance of influencers driving um, brands on Snapchat, right? But when brands have their own accounts on Snapchat, in the absence of influencers, what strategies can they employ to drive engagement? Or can they even bring value uh, to the consumer through Snapchat without influencers? So, yeah. Um that was one thing that Kevin. That's one thing that Kevin mentioned is you could have and you could actually bring an influencer not to push their influence over, but to just create content on the account to make something like really beautiful that you can watch on their account. So a, good, a great example was for 20th Century Fox. Um, I had they asked me to just make content on our account, so I came up with this really wacky out there idea, very which was um, making recreating uh, old movies with finger puppets, and that just went and that was. That was an idea that went viral. <laughs> so that would be an example. That, was, that would be an example of using like someone who's already in the content creation space. Because typically, Snapchat, we all know what we're doing, and we all know what our audience. And if we like the brand, we know, what, and our audience probably is going to like the brand too. They're probably going to. We know what they're going to respond to. So in a sense, you're white labeling like our consulting services where we can come in and consult and help you create a strategy, but we can also help you implement it and say, okay, this is what we see happening. So for two or three months or whatever the period is that you want to do and what your goals are, let's create content. You don't have to use my face, my name, like let's do that and push it so that you kind of can see what that can look like. Because I think what I have found for a lot of brands is once you take them to the well and they see the water that's there, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, this makes sense. This works. But until they find the well, they think they're in the Mojave Desert and doesn't actually exist. <laughs> All right, so some brands that you might work with might say, oh, Snapchat, we got to get on it. 
well, you can put photos and video. Let's take, you know, our, our print campaign. Let's just put that as, like, a photo on Snapchat. Or let's take our 30-second ad and make a 10-second version and put that on. But that is not exactly the most organic way. That doesn't you really work. You also so, need so cons- why, why consistency. Doesn't, why doesn't that work? And what, people, what should people doing? What should brands be doing instead? So I, I preach this every, every time I talk about Snapchat. It's about stories, right? It's a story platform. It, it chronologically gives you a story, right? So if I'm, if I'm a car company, I want to sell a new car. I'm one of the, the NAB things. I have a new, like, you know, TV cybersecurity platform. What's the story? Story? Um, man, put me on the spot. <laughs> I like I like to sit I like to sit with brands and actually storyboard like I I have a storyboard I create the boxes and we'll sit there and fill in every single box so that way when we get to the actual Snapchat account we all have an agreement on what's being created and then we go live and create right so it's probably a roundabout to your question but um, that's what I would do. We have a question over there. Yeah. All right. Question over here. Can everybody expand on Snap to Connect, please? Snap to connect or snap, 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 or oh, snap hey to unlock. Guys, so I'm sorry, let, snap to unlock. Yeah. Snap to unlock or something. Oh, yeah. Snap to oh, unlock. What is, let, let's what do a snap to unlock. A snap party. So I, I might be the best person yeah. on this panel yeah. to, to speak about this. Um, we no recently ran one of the first scan to unlock campaigns for one of our clients, and we actually put wild postings uh, with our snap code around uh, different major cities. And when the user scanned the uh, snap code using the app, they unlocked a, a new geo filter, and that's being expanded to lenses and other really cool experiences. So imagine one day you might be able to deliver a, a coupon like that, or something that actually might drive somebody into the store. So that's actually a huge opportunity for Snapchat as they bridge the gap between the digital and physical world. So that's one of the really exciting things that Snapchat is doing, right? It's not just a an app that on your phone. It's not a feed. It's not just a series of stories. It actually connects the world around you. And it really adds a gamification element to it. I know when I was getting my spectacles, and boy, was I on that hunt for those spectacles, and I did get them uh, really early on. But I ended up having to go, uh, actually, Lisa Sankusi was with me uh, in New York getting a pair, and what was cool there is when you walked in, you could unlock with your spectacles or your filter. So it was almost social proof. You're like, yeah, I'm cool. Like I actually got them and I'm here. So it's a really fun way to give people access. I did it also uh, with Ford at one of their launches where they had it. So if you were there, certain things were unlocking for an hour that you could create content with. And then they created like a scavenger hunt. And then if you had all of them, you can get a prize. It was pretty nice. So it's a really cool method to get engaged and create content that you wouldn't otherwise get in a specific area. Snapchat has also just added the functionality that you could create um, snap codes for URLs. So if you happen to have a store, it's an easy way to actually drive people to a web experience um, related to whatever they might be looking at. Oh, I wanted to give you a very specific answer to your question. Um, if you Google in Times Square the Snapchat Spectacle billboard, they have a snap code on that billboard. You could Google image it, scan that code, and see what happens. All right. All right. Very, homework. <laughs> very cool. We got some homework. All right. We have time for another question. Oh, uh, we have a question via Twitter from Valentina who asked about what's the difference between Facebook Messenger uh, and, and Snapchat, which I think we already answered. So can you stand up and ask your question? Hey, uh, for the influencers, how big of an audience do you need to have to be an influencer? And how did you grow your audience to get to this point? So my first brand deal was with 500 fo- views. So it's, I, I think at the end of the day, it's not about influence is about the content you create 
and, and how you get your audience to engage. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it isn't necessarily, again, about the numbers. It's about where the engagement is. And I always tell people, I've had two friends that create amazing content. They're like, okay, Liza, at one point I want to be an influencer. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I saw you promote something and I bought it. You had influence on me. And they're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, you don't have to get a permission slip. If you really need it, I hereby declare you an influencer. There you go. Like, now go influence and, like, create that good content. So, you could have one follower and as long as you're creating stuff that is bringing value and you're driving something forward, you're going to start seeing just like when you bake, right? The yeast rises to the top. Uh, you, you'll see your stuff rise to the top and more and more people finding out about it. And then to answer your question about how we grew our follow or how I grew my following is I got my first push on Reddit, which was uh, I, I doodle on Snapchat, post a picture up on Reddit asking, is there anyone else out there that does what I do? And then boom, overnight it was, I got a bunch of ads and then that's how I got my, that's how I got the ball rolling. So every, and you could get about six to 7,000 ads if you get a viral post on Reddit. Um, also, I think, for all of us, this also touches on Instagram stories. I think a big reason why none of us have really seen a dip is a lot of our following, a lot of our following on Snapchat comes from Instagram. They discover us on Instagram, and I think for me, whenever I ask my followers, "How did you find me?" about ninety percent of them say Google. Is Google Snapchat as a follow? And I think our pictures will show up. <laughs> and also, just to add, you just reminded me something of Celia too. That's important. Is I like to call breadcrumb uh, breadcrumb storytelling, if you will, where I basically do not create the same content in every platform. That's the lazy way of doing it. And I see a lot of brands do it, and individuals where they'll shoot a piece of content, and then you'll literally see it on their Facebook, on their Instagram, on their Twitter, and on their Snapchat. So if that's the point, then why do I need to follow you on all the platforms? You're basically just telling me, hey, just follow me just so I can feel cool. Like you're not actually putting me first as a consumer, right? So if you're on the other hand, though, creating content where it's a story, not just on a specific medium like Snapchat, but where I'm saying, hey, like I'll start the story on Instagram and say, go over to Snapchat and see what happens next or watch me live on Periscope so you can go behind the scenes. I'm constantly uh, having my community come around with me because if I'm going to do the work, I want them to be able to enjoy the benefits on all the platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we had a great discussion. Great points, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing with us, influencers, brands, and agencies on, on Snapchat and working with brands and influencers. If you guys want to talk to the folks afterwards, I think we can have a little bit of time afterwards. I did actually turn it back since we are doing a live feed. Did it kick it off back? Do Lori. Hey. Well, th- ooh, there you go again. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for a great panel. So let's have a hand for our panelists. And if you guys want to stick around, please just move a little bit off the stage. Jeremy there, who's going to raise his hand. You can give him his business card if you want to get any of this content. We'll send you all the links to all the panels we've been having all week long. And make sure you get scanned. And we're going to continue the discussion now with Kevin Winston digging a little deeper into the concept of influencers. But what an incredible panel learning really about how to move forward in Snapchat and what what you do as a business person to sort of wrestle this social media platform to the ground. There are obviously so many things happening in the space. An earlier discussion we had where a lot of our influencers were talking about moving more to to Facebook um, and all the Facebook stories and applications. But this, this there is indeed still so many opportunities in Snapchat, and you have to jump in. 
and think about what you're doing, right, Ryan? Yeah, definitely have to think about it. And, you know, that was one of the things that I noticed throughout the panel is there still seems to be a lot of confusion around how brands can become engaged in Snapchat, which I think is important to engage with, you know, these folks on the panel and the influencers to really get the inside scoop on, you know, what is the best practice and way to expose an audience to a brand that's not currently on that platform. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of fear because for some reason uh, the interface on Snapchat, for those of us over a certain age, <laughs> it just like <laughs> blows our heads up or something. Um, and it's hard for us to wrap our head around how to use it ourselves. And so if you're a business person of a certain age or whatever and you're trying to use Snapchat for your business and you yourself are having trouble identifying <laughs> with it, that's one of the challenges I think of all of these platforms. The same thing with Musical.ly. Too right. is is um, although Musically's interface I find a little easier to use than Snapchat's. Yeah, it's kind of like um, learning how to ride a bicycle, but not knowing how the bike works. Yeah, right. And so until you understand, you know, some of those feature sets and functionality, it makes it really difficult to expose the, the content in that arena. So um, that's one of the reasons why we solely focus on a lot of Facebook activity for Voice right. America, but it also has to do with like what these guys mentioned, our audience and the age of our audience is, you know, a little bit older than what's on the Snapchat. So hence the, the idea of focusing yeah. on Facebook. So. It, it is the same thing as traditional marketing. You want to go where your demographic and your audience is. And just because there's a new platform doesn't mean it's right for your audience. Um, but you should always be looking and testing and, and seeing mm. what is, is the right platform. And I know for me, I'm trying to reach that same business audience. So I tend to focus more on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter for yeah, some Twitter. direct response. And now we have Kevin Winston, who just finished the panel. And Kevin does so many panels on so many different topics in the digital space. You're really speaking to influencers almost on every platform all the time. That's correct. Uh, this is Kevin Winston with Digital LA. We do panels around influencers and a number of various platforms with YouTube, uh, with Snapchat. Uh, both Celia and Liza have been on my Snapchat panels before uh, and any other new platforms that come up. So, um, and, and you for Digital LA because you're reaching a younger audience too but a business audience as right. well. What are your favorite social media platforms? Uh, my personal favorite platforms are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm on those all the time, and I actually just did posts from all those <laughs> while I was on the panel. So, and, and yeah. do you yes, find, you did. <laughs> yeah, and when you're doing um, Instagram right now, I've, to me, Facebook's own live platform and stories platform is competing with its own owned Instagram. So how do you decide what you're going to use? Because I see you're posting on Facebook stories too. Right. I mean, uh, you never sleep. Let's just be clear. That's true. When you don't <laughs> sleep, it makes it easy. There's always content that needs to be created. Uh, but, yes, so sometimes I use the platforms in different ways. Uh, basically, Snapchat is for more, you know, quick. It's only 10 seconds. Things are getting ready. Uh, Facebook Messenger, I tend to use for, like, arriving at things and, just like, because that is kind of telling a story of how you got there, then the Facebook post is like the more produced photo or the selfie of everybody actually already there. And a little bit more of a detailed message. Right, you know. right, right. Yeah. So, you, you, so you have a strategy for how you move through the different platforms. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And you, t you tell the entire story of your journey for wherever you are in the world. That's right, wherever uh, I happen to be, whatever conference or, uh, <laughs> or international All right, now let's event. talk about the fact that you take a picture wherever you go with your shirt off at a pool. 
Yes. What, uh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Digital LA, we do a lot of uh, Digital LA pool parties in the summer. Right. And so it just kind of became a thing. So now when I see a pool, I have to take a, have to take a shirtless selfie. So. And now there, 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 there is <laughs> It's now part of the brand. You have to come down to Phoenix and we got to do one there. Hey, yeah. that sounds good. You got a pool? Yep, I'll do it. I do. The bigger the pool, the better. I was in Dubai. At, I know. Uh, those at, pictures were amazing. At, at the Vi- there's a Viceroy Hotel in Dubai, which I discovered. And there's an amazing pool that's way better than the one in Santa Monica. I have to say. Yeah. So, uh, so of course, had to take a shirtless selfie there. So it's just part so, of the brand. So my question for you part is... Part of my personal brand. Well, it is part of your personal brand. So you're traveling all over the place. You're up all night long posting and doing things. How do you stay fit enough to take your shirt off at every pool? <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, most, most of the hotels have gyms. So I actually had, uh, had just worked out at that gym uh, at the okay, Biosurite. So you, so you so, work yeah. out wherever think, you I are. I think that was pre-planned. He went to get the workout in. So it was nice <laughs> so to pull up, right? That's correct. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I'm just always happy to have clean clothes. That's about all I can manage. Me and the dry cleaner have an intimate relationship, so right. I'm working. I'm always my hygiene is always good, but working good. out. How do you fit that in, That's man? That's good. You just gotta fit it in. There's usually an hour of spare time right beforehand. So. Yeah, well, that would be sleeping for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think next year is going to be the big breakout social media platform? Because a lot of people are predicting Facebook, which with the AR announcements at F8, with everything else, that Facebook will really emerge, tying all these pieces together, the biggest gorilla in the room. Yeah, Facebook is really rocking it. They have the most number of people on it, the most number of users. Everyone is typically on it every day, at least, you know, in yeah. the uh, over over 18 demographic. Uh, and because they have Facebook Messenger, that kind of is like yeah, getting into the, the quick video market. And then with the AR, VR, social stuff that they're all launching, Facebook is really positioning itself to be the leader across multiple forms of communication, uh, which is what Mark Zuckerberg has said from the very beginning. Facebook, we are here to connect people. We're not necessarily just for ads, just for I mean, they do do that, but they want to connect people no matter what platform. And they're being very good at or aggressive at going after these other platforms. And they have yeah. six billion users. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> right. That, that users helps. helps. Yeah. Right. Well, and you're a business owner, um, obviously, in the conference and events space. Are you buying advertising on the platform at all? Or, yeah. For, or um, for a lot of our... Uh, Stuff with digital light is, is organic, but for the conferences, uh, I run something called Silicon Beach Fest, which is LA's largest tech startup yeah, it's the entertainment place to be. conference. It's, it's a place a, to be, it's right? A place to be. It's LA's largest and original startup tech conference. We've been doing it for the past six. Uh, It'll be the sixth year uh, this year in August when we have it. And uh, I do, you know, do social posts on our site. But then I also do use Facebook ads. Because I think who doesn't use Facebook ads? Because it's so easy just to basically get out your credit card, uh, Type, type in what you need, pick the demographic, pick yeah. how much you want to spend, and then it goes. And then you can, you can track it. So it's really Yeah, easy, we've been, really we've been extremely use, successful so. with brand awareness on Facebook ads. And, you know, not necessarily trying to sell anything to anybody, just create awareness. Like, right. hey, here we are. Yeah. Come check us out. I don't want anything from you but to come check us out. Yeah. And uh, we've got some really good response rates and, and, and different things and watching pixels and, you know, all the tracking capabilities. It's been fantastic. So, so here's my question for you. What are your, both from both of you, what are your, your best? Best case scenarios or your your um, feedback for creating the best Facebook ads. Like, what have you found that works the best? I found that uh, well, Facebook digs you for putting too much text, so you have to, of course, create new <laughs> yeah. ads. Uh, images that uh, that involve faces uh, tend to do well. 
Uh, people are just humans tend to respond to faces. A face and a feed will catch an That's eye a good regular. Note. Okay, good. Uh, or I've noticed that like cool landscapes or scenery. So like a pool. I live in Los Angeles. We do digital events. So, so you could a do palm a, palm tree a pool a without pool. a shirt and you hit both faces. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't done that yet, but that's a good one. <laughs> just pimp myself out for my brand. Sure, why not? <laughs> so faces. So faces are like just a, a strong visual image of like a palm tree or a pool, like one strong image. Not an entire landscape because there's little thumbnails. You can't see all that. So it's just right. something like quick and small like that would be a good thumbnail. What about you, Ryan? Yeah. What have you found to yeah. be successful? For, for us with Voice America, we have to also cater to our audience, which is um, a little older of an audience. Our our prime demo is like 30 plus, right? Um, all the way up to 60, 70 year old. So we have a, a nice prime demo there. But um, what I've noticed on especially Facebook ads is um, Voice America is all about you know, teaching people new things. And so I found that leveraging the, 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 the thought leadership role in uh, like hosts like you, Lori, and saying, hey, let us teach you something that you did not know and put that into a gallery slideshow that they can thumb through multiple images and then ultimately la- end on the last one, which is the call to action to go and, you know, view whatever we're talking about. Right. So that, that's what we've had the most success with. I, it's funny because I've tried to do Facebook boosts of events I'm having, and um, what ends up happening with me is I get the ding of too much text. Right. It's always you know? too much text. you got to make yeah. sure if it's an entirely I, different, uh, different well, why, ad creator. Why See, why I like to put like the text that? in the images that I create, right. so then the text doesn't, you know, be, it's not part of the post. It's in the, in the creative. Right, but they ding you when you do that. So why, why have they decided that text shouldn't be in the image? They don't want someone to just to, like, take their regular ad and just post it up. I think they realize that imagery is strong and they don't want people to appear to be too advertised to. Right. If, if the little images were just basically they all ads, they want more ads, of a native feel. They want feel. more of a feel to it because um, a lot of people just, when you post, when you see most photos on Facebook, they're people's personal photos. They don't have words all over the place. Yeah, and like right. our, so our, our ad campaign, organic. it just it has one word on it. It says learn. Right. Right. The next image says listen, right? So they're right. very simplistic and not texty. Right. You know? And so that's you know how, how we've done ours. It's been well. And have you always found that embedding links is also the smart thing to do? Like as long as you embed a link you get some direct response? Oh, yeah. I always have a link called action. Whatever you do, whenever you put something online, whether it's for your own personal stuff or, or brand stuff, yeah. uh, there should be some sort of call to action, which is typically a link to something else. Now, we were talking earlier with Sean Ayala, who was telling us about you know how he leverages all the platforms. Um, and he was talking about Twitter and all these things. But we also got into not using those social media desktop um, applications that help you manage everything because we found... We found that you can't really tailor the platforms at their highest level in those Hootsuites and things like that. Is that what you find, or do you need a Hootsuite? Because literally you are posting all the time. I don't use Hootsuite because I'm always up, so I don't need it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I find that sometimes that's a little bit inauthentic, and you can tell you can tell when an account is Hootsuited. Uh, yeah, it because says, it says Hootsuite. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one way. And the the I don't know. I just like being very organic. If, some, if I see something that's for example, in LA, it was windy yesterday. I just basically tweeted, windy. Like, yeah. that's very organic. People know and have come to expect it to be organic. So, All right. Well, we're wrapping up today's Tech Cat show, which we basically took over and are broadcasting live from the NAB show 2017, where we just had a fantastic panel on Snapchat and yeah, business. Yeah, I want to thank everybody. This, uh, by far, today was probably the biggest uh, panel. Yes. You know, standing room only. Standing I retweeted room your only. stuff. It was fantastic. Thank right. you guys for all Kev- of your thank you so much. Winston, everything you do. Kevin Winston of Digital LA <laughs> joining us towards the tail end, but also moderating a fantastic panel. So we'll be back for more 
at the NAB Show 2017 at the Advanced Advertising Pavilion. For those of you that are live here at 3 o'clock, we have a podcaster influencer panel. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 